guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the pod. This is Melissa, and you're listening to Mimosa Sisterhood Podcast, where we celebrate the world's greatest women. I am low-key tripping out because I just realized that this is episode number 70, and for whatever reason, 70 is hitting really different right now. I think I'm just feeling like I am inches away from episode 100, and that is literally making me lose my mind. Like, once we hit episode 100, I'm going to have to throw the party of the year, everyone's invited, bottles are popping, booties are twerking, like, it's going to be cracking. I don't know how I'm going to execute this mid-post-pandemic event, but you better believe I'm getting the party planning now. I am so excited. I'm equally as excited because one year ago today, I wasn't even sure if this podcast was going to survive. I had recently just lost my co-host and the pandemic was on the rise. I was alone running a podcast by myself and I didn't really know how the hell I was going to make that happen. But thanks to some of the world's most incredible women, aka some of my best friends, the listeners who have been loyal fans of this show since day one, as well as so many other podcasters out there that I had the luxury of connecting with through this beautiful platform, all of these people helped Yasista out, hopped on the show as guests, and helped keep this podcast alive by either telling stories about their favorite women in history or coming on for our brand new Everyday Woman series where they shared a very open, honest, and vulnerable story about themselves. So I just want to give a huge thank you to everybody who has helped me keep this show alive. I so appreciate you. I so love you. And you have become so much more than just guests on this podcast. You've become friends, family. I just adore all of you. So thank you so much. I'm amped on number 70. I don't know. It seems big to me. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. So that's my little tidbit today. And with that said, we have a really incredible woman that's joining the podcast today for our Everyday Woman series. She is somebody who I met through this beautiful podcast community, and she's somebody that specializes in something that I absolutely 1000% do not specialize in. In fact, I struggle with it tremendously on a day-to-day basis. And Allie McGregor, our guest for today's show, is going to be talking to us about unhealthy relationships with food and how we can resolve that. So this hits really close to home for me because I 
definitely have an unhealthy relationship with food. I talk a lot more about this in the podcast episode where I kind of analyze why I think that is, how it developed, where it came from. But I am currently on this journey right now, figuring out how to resolve my problem. In fact, I have a piece of paper on my whiteboard directly in front of my podcast station that lists, I am a mindful eater and I treat my body with respect so that I look at that every day when I sit down. It's crazy, but like this is 2021 and this is what people have to do to overcome their hardships. And this is one that I'm still working on. And to be honest, I think a mass majority of our society struggles with food problems. I think a lot of people have disordered eating. I think a lot of people use food to cope with internal emotional issues. It's just another drug out there in the world that we have a tendency to use as a distraction to mask the deeper, darker pains that we're experiencing in our lives. And I think it's a serious problem. And I think it's even more difficult to overcome when we live in a society that is overruled by the diet culture industry. So much diet bullshit out there that is stealing our money and not even helping us or benefiting our lives. Most of the time, just making us create even more additional unhealthy behavior patterns. But anyway, Allie comes on the show today and she's going to tell her personal story about her growing up with disordered eating and unhealthy feelings about her own body image issues and the ways in which she was able to turn that around in her life, the steps she made, the little behavior patterns she tweaked, and the fact that today she is a health coach and she's been able to turn her life around and now she's helping women out there just like myself to be a support system for them and guide them while they work towards healing their relationship with food. So we're talking all about this ish today. Allie is a gem. I can't wait for you to meet her. So let's just dive into it. Now is the time to take that last enormous bite of that juicy medium rare burger, another dip of that ranch fry, and uh, let's get into it. Allie McMotherfucking G is in the house. Allie, welcome to Mimosa Sisterhood Podcast. I am so happy you're here. Hello. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hello. That was the intro of a lifetime. I don't think anyone could top that. (laughs) I've been thinking about saying that for weeks now, and I've been practicing it alone in my bedroom, just like get the pitching down right, and I feel like I've really executed it flawlessly. You crushed that shit. Crushed it. I'm like, it I just, just want a little audiogram of that. <laughs> it slides off the tongue so well. Allie McMotherfucking G. I love that. Yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. 
if anyone calls me anything else, I don't I don't answer anymore. I love it. Well, your real name is Allie McGregor. Welcome to the podcast. You are a health coach. You specialize in all things health, wellness, and fitness. Founder and CEO of Life Simplified Health and Wellness Company. And uh, you have a podcast, Master It Podcast. You're the host. It kicks ass. That's how we met each other. We are long lost friends from the Almost 30 Podcast Accelerator Program. We are so lucky to have met during this crazy coronavirus year, but very happy that we all got to connect with each other during this program. And now we get to be on each other's podcasts and have podcast friends. And it's just the coolest thing ever. So stoked about it. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. And yes, I'm so glad that we met in that program. It's so great to just connect with like-minded individuals and, you know, just like spill the beans about behind the scenes podcast stuff because I don't think anyone knows what goes on behind the scenes to produce one single show. And so to have other people who can like just like pick your brain and like just be there and support you through it all is so huge. So I'm so glad we met and hell yes. yes. Yeah. I know. It's, it's so fun because I've told you this a thousand times already, but like nobody in my life podcast. It's just me. And so when I like try to like express things to my friends or my family or my boyfriend and I'm just like, oh, the stress of this or like, oh my God, this episode got fucked and now I have to spend 25 hours editing it and it's a disaster and ah, like it's just like noise to people. But like when I can like reach out to you or some of the other people I've met, you like get it. So it's just awesome that we have a little circle, a little community of people that are just exactly like one another. People with the podcast trying to grow businesses and are working through all the kinks together and have each other to just support and feed off of and help each other out while we all grow together. It's so cool. Mm, So like the word that just came up while you're saying all this was sisterhood. And to me, it's like, it's this community that like really lifts you up when... Um, you know, you're trying to go after something and not everyone around you necessarily understands, but they can help you work through it and hold you accountable to what you want to reach. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm so grateful to have met these people, especially during probably one of the hardest years of our lives. Like so, <laughs> there was so much just shit going on. Like yeah. at least we could come back to this group and at least we could come back to this project that we're all working on um and have that consistency in our life because so many other things were up in the air and just like no one knew anything about so at least we could come create and find a place that just um you know really brought us joy because like things like this like conversations um i think were definitely helped us through that that entire year so yeah it's been incredible so I'm so glad totally I know and even though the program ended in what October it's crazy how we're still all connected and we're still all leveling up like I love tuning into everyone's shows seeing everyone on social and seeing what they're doing with their um with their uh, podcast because it helps me continue to grow as well. Like I see everyone as an expander. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily competition because I know everyone has their own avenue that they're going after, but it's like, oh, like you have this dope ass newsletter that you just like 
fucking crush. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had a newsletter. So like it got me going, but like I still need to get the habit in place and like build that skill and that muscle of like consistently writing a newsletter. So it's like you're my expander in that area. And then I see like done with adulting. They're just dropping merch left and right. I'm just like, damn. like And killing the reels. Yes, in the reels. Like they're just <laughs> expanders in that area yeah. for me. It's like, okay, like they can do it. I can also do it. Or yeah. like having this massive Facebook group. You mm-hmm. know, there's like so many people in that group who are expanders. So I love that even though we're no longer in the program together, it's like we still have this community and we're still – growing and building from what we learned way back then and using it now and so it'll be fun to see we're at like two three years out because yeah I think podcasts are fun because it's like a slow growth for sure well okay so we're about to get into the juicy shit of this episode but before we dive in can you elaborate on this topic of the expander Mm. I want to know more about this I've heard this term used before and I have like an idea of what it means but I feel like this is something that like resonates pretty deeply with you and so I'd love for you to just explain to me and the audience of like what is an expander what does that mean do we all have them who has them how do we find them all of that Mm, excellent question I forget (laughs) because it's so you're right it is like a really big part of my life I've been doing um to be magnetics work with Lacey Phillips she has an amazing podcast it's all about manifestation and doing all of like creating a life you love basically Uh basically through um, manifestation like hypnosis meditations and journaling it's just some dope ass shit it's like super crunchy granola I love it so much Um, So an expander is basically a mentor who is doing the same thing that you are doing and they've done it before you so it shows you that you are capable of doing it too. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have mentors, you know, whether that's in their professional life or a coach or things like that where they're doing something similar but maybe not exactly the same. So an expander is someone who's doing like something like maybe they have the same child upbringing as you and now they're like this, you know, CEO of this big massive health and wellness brand or mm-hmm. whatever. And you can follow their path and that shows you like every step of the way of like even though you're enduring like some hardships and like hitting some roadblocks or whatever, like you can still work through those and accomplish what this person has accomplished. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit to find expanders. So you might find fragment expanders is what she calls them when it's only a partial um, expander. So maybe this person didn't have the same upbringing as you, but they're doing something that you want to do now. So it takes a little bit to find people in your life. It could be men or women. Like I, I've had to pick a lot of expanders in forms of men for like money and money mindset kind of things. Uh So it can be for like all aspects of life. So for example, this guy I went to college with, he makes like over a hundred K a year. I'm like, Oh, he can do it. Like, I can do it, you know, like, I used to write his papers in college, like, I can do that shit, (laughs) like, come on, like, and so I think it just helps my self-worth of, like, it's not this comparison thing, but it's like, oh, like, they have paved the path, so, like, let me almost, like, 
I'm just thinking when you like ride a bike behind like a truck and it's like you um, tail Wyndham or something like that. But like basically streamline the process of like, oh, look what they've done. And then you go after it and do it too. Like it Uh might not be exactly the same, but it's still possible for you to accomplish. It helps you see it to believe it. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, I think this is a perfect segue because I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, you might become an expander for many of our audience listeners Mm -hmm. in the particular realm of health, wellness, and particularly a topic that I struggle with my whole damn life as well as right now as I sit in this chair behind this microphone, which is a very challenging relationship with food. Mm. And I know that you have your own journey that you've gone through in life that has probably not been as amazing at times as maybe it is today. And life is all about learning, growing, experiencing things, overcoming challenges and obstacles. And today you are a health coach and you are helping people who have struggled with a lot of the things that you had to fight through and overcome yourself. So I would love for you to just tell the audience who you are, what you do in life, where you live, and just a little bit about your background that brought you to this place that you're at today. Yes. Oh my gosh, it has definitely been a journey. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's kind of start back with um, a lot of the things that we pick up in our or a lot of our habits and how we think about ourselves happens like early childhood. So when I look back and think about my early childhood, like I was always a little chubby. Like I was always like a little bigger than everyone else. I wasn't like that skinny girl who felt good in her body. And so I was always just like so self-conscious, so hyper aware, like of just being like the bigger friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that started probably like all the way back to when I was like eight. Like I was just never comfortable in a swimsuit. Like I just felt like, ugh, like I wanted to avoid pool parties, but like it's hard to do that shit when your birthday's in June. And so um, I grew and up. And you in, live in the sweltering heat. Yeah. So I actually, <laughs> I actually grew up in Oregon. Oh, okay. Um, so I spent the first 18 years of my life in Oregon where a majority of the year I could hide in big baggy sweatshirts. Mm-hmm and sweatpants and just like live my best life under these clothes that would hide me so that I wouldn't have to look at myself in the mirror and I wouldn't have to deal with it because it's like the baggy sweatshirt hides everything totally um so growing up I also played volleyball which was another big pain point in my life just because here I am like the short I'm five five on a good day like I was thick just like big old thunder thighs I played in the back row and I, I was libero so I wore a different color jersey same z's by ah, the way yes. I was thick with thunder thighs and also mm. a libero in the back row playing volleyball so cheers to that sister uh, so it's just like this thing of like I already stand out because I don't look like the middles who are tall six feet tall like slender like flat as a board just you mm. know I just I did not look like them and then now I have to wear this other color jersey yeah it just like makes me stick out and just different when I just wanted to fit in like yeah it was just all of these things com- compounding on each other of just like I'm so insecure and looking back like I know I never played my best 
volleyball because I was so worried about what the boys were thinking about while I'm in my spandex and just it caused a lot of body image issues and like and just poor self-esteem you know because it's just like ugh, I have to like go out and play and just like do all these things like in practice I'd love to wear shorts and just like baggy t-shirts and like hide Mm -hmm. as much as I can but to feel seen I was just like ugh, it would make me cringe yeah So senior year happened, graduated, I'm off to college, moved down to Arizona where I'm just like, fuck, I can't wear sweatshirts anymore. Like (laughs) it's August, we're moving in, it's 105 degrees, like it's just like terrible. Like I can't wear anything but black because like you're just like sweating hardcore. I, you know, it's just like a whole situation. Yeah. So as I no longer had um, sports to play, like my workout schedule just like vanished. I had always played sports growing up. So that was kind of like my balance it out from the food I ate because I never Mm -hmm. had a healthy relationship with food. I was always eating fast food. If I could eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you bet your ass I'd be doing that. So I just like I didn't know how to eat properly. And then I went off to school and it's like – yes, this is amazing. We love college away from the parents. Uh No rules, no like curfew, like absolutely nothing. Like free at last, free at last. Like I could do whatever I want. And that included food. So, oh man, the cafeteria. The cafeteria. I just remember like (laughs) eating so many french fries with ranch. It was just like there. It was just there all the time. (laughs) All the time. Free for all. (laughs) And I found out about Chick-fil-A. We didn't have Chick-fil-A in Oregon growing up until about like two years ago. And so, whoa, like a spicy chicken sandwich. That shit hit different. Give me some fries. Give me some Chick-fil-A sauce. Give me a Powerade. Like, bro, that meal was comfort. I think I yeah. ate that every single day for lunch my entire freshman year. Oh, like, I was just God. like, bruh. I was in heaven. But also, yeah. my body started to change because, you know, it's college. You The food is not great. You really don't have access to vegetables. You, well, we also, like... At least I didn't have – I lived in a shoe, like a dorm that was the size of a shoebox, so no fridge, no way to cook your own food. Yeah. I I relied on cafeteria food, and yeah. the healthiest thing they had was salad bar with, with ranch as the dressing. Yeah, exactly. Which I used for french fries <laughs> instead. <laughs> as any sane person would. So it was just like this whole like shitstorm – coming together and it manifested in me gaining you know like 50 plus pounds in weight like it and this was over maybe the next two three years like I just no longer I I'd never felt good in my body but now I really did not feel good I was like avoiding mirrors more black clothes like I had hair that was down to my butt and it was just it was literally this blanket the security blanket for myself just to hide under because I would get compliments on my hair so that people didn't have to look at my body yeah so it was just like this whole like mess that I I created myself but I didn't know any better um because I was just 
trying, I was in the like fight or flight mode, just trying to survive, navigate so many changes. And Mm. I mean, after graduating college, I graduated early. So by the time I was 21, I had like just graduated. So I finally knew what the bars were, continued to go out and drink and just like more drunchies, more drinks, like just so much stuff and like continued this pattern until I would literally avoid mirrors absolutely hated putting on jeans in the morning because it was just like so uncomfortable and just hated every aspect of my life um so man I finally was just like fed up and I was like I gotta do something about this so I started working out and I just fucking hated it because like it's not fun to run when you're yeah overweight like it was just yeah. like my knees hurt just everything like this shit sucks like I can't it's breathe. not fun to run in general I'm a little okay so I'm a little crazy now I love to run but only because I got good at it yeah okay but in the beginning it's just like it's so shitty you like miss a day or two and then you're right back like three steps behind from where you started it's just mm-hmm. And I was running for all of the wrong reasons. Like, I was running so that I could change my body because I hated what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to outwork this diet, this poor, piss-poor diet that I had. Um, and I was, you know, still eating the same way but trying to outwork a bad diet. So I was just – and I was upset because I'm, like, I'm doing all these things but I'm still not seeing any results. So it was just like, what the hell? Um, So finally, I realized I was like, oh, ding, like it's a food, you know. And so my relationship with food started to change. I started to try these new diets that I had never done before. And I didn't come from a household where my mom like did Adkins or like any Mm -hmm. of these things growing up. Like she really ate normal throughout her entire life and then like, as I was in my early 20s, I discovered, like, oh, people at my gym were, like, doing paleo, and so I just, like, eat a shit ton of sweet potatoes and a ton of meat and bacon, and just, like, it was so overboard, and I would just go all in, and it was just so extreme, and so I was working out, eating healthy in air quotes, and, like, still not seeing results. In fact, I continued to gain weight. I was just like, what the heck? So... You know, you ditch that, you try something else. And now I go to the other extreme. I go to plant-based where I just was eating plant-based because I was like, oh, this will get me thin the quickest. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing it correctly. I was like basically starving myself because I was eating so little food, working out so much. But I was like, oh, I'm getting results. Like this is how like you finally can lose weight. And I'm Meanwhile, I just have these massive headaches. I'm so fucking cranky. I never go out to eat with friends because, like, that food doesn't fit in my little tiny box mm-hmm. of plant-based food. And just, like, I shut out my entire life to get skinny. And, yeah, I lost a lot of weight doing this, but it was totally in the wrong in the wrong way. Like, mm-hmm. at one point, I was so obsessed with stepping on the scale. I got on the scale and I almost fainted because it was, like, holy fuck, I am going to die if I keep doing what I'm doing because everything was just so extreme and I wasn't finding a happy balance. So everything finally turned when I started asking for help. So I was working at this um, job in healthcare where they offered up a free health coach for like eight weeks. And I was like, 
holy shit. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to like jump on it. And I didn't think, I don't think anyone else I knew working at the company, like did it, took this opportunity. And I was like, what, why would you not? Uh-huh. Um, cause like in the back of my mind, I was like, I know something is so wrong and I need help. Um, and so I was just like, let me, let me see what this is about. Like, let me just give it a shot. It's free, whatever. So at the same time, I had just started working with a therapist too. So between working with a health coach and a therapist, I was able to like vanish all of these like disordered eating habits that I had, start Mm -hmm. eating enough, creating balance in my life versus just, you know, these bumping back and forth between these extremes and just having these massive mood swings that went with them and genuinely started to love myself from the inside out. So it was just this powerful transformation of going from over super overweight to super underweight and like literally lost boobs like I looked like a flat board like it was what it was wild I'll have to post pictures um and then finally like putting on some weight so I could sit in this healthy range for my body and everything I was doing and it's crazy how once you start feeding your body what it truly needs in a good amount everything starts changing like my anxiety was managed I no longer had to control every situation in my life like a lot of things just dissipated because mm-hmm. I finally took control of this relationship with food that was so, you know, disordered and was controlling my life because, I mean, God knows what reason, but it just, it overtook everything. So finally asking for help, I was able to see so much change. And that honestly sparked my interest in becoming a health coach, was working yeah. with her. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, I, who was someone who never believed in myself that I could lose weight, that I could heal my relationship with food, that I could actually, like, look at a piece of chocolate cake and not, like, have to devour every single bite. Mm -hmm. Like, if I can do this, like, I want other people to feel this way, too. That they can have peace around food, that they can love the body that that they're in and lose weight in a healthy way. So that's kind of long winded, winded answer of like how I got to where I am, but Mm -hmm. definitely been a journey. Definitely had some ups and downs. It's will forever be a journey because I think a lot of the patterns that I created will be much like anxiety. It's kind of long lasting. So it's like you manage them consistently, but when you're on top of managing them, like it, it really is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Totally. I'm like, really loving that you mentioned going to both a health coach and therapist. It was like a mental health therapist or physical therapist? No, mental health. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I I think, I mean, I've struggled with food my entire life. I think it's started when I was a child. And I think it was something that I used to cope through the chaotic household that I grew up in. Yeah, and self-soothe. Oh, yeah. It was a self-soothing thing. When I went to college, I actually didn't really have the worst relationship with food. I was just a party girl. I drank like a motherfucker. So I think I like switched there. It went to like alcohol and like other substances. Food was less important. And then when I graduated college and I was an adult, food kicked back in. And so 
It's interesting because when I moved home, I actually got like my ass in gear. I started working out. I started eating healthy again. I was like, holy shit, things really spiraled out of control. And I was doing really well for about two years. And then I hit this like horrific year of my life where a lot of people in my life died and I went through like a lot of traumatic experiences and then it plummeted and it's it's never it's never gone up since (laughs) it's it's been in the shitter since 2017 and I often think about the fact that like I'm realizing that I have an emotional psychological trigger where I use food as a healing mechanism for me when I'm experiencing chaos or stress in my life and I'm like very well aware of it I'm not in denial about this but I can't seem to like figure out how to switch that like light switch off to be like I know what the problem is but how do I how do I change it and that's where I'm stuck at now and I've actually really been thinking lately about go seeing a therapist specifically for this exact reason like obviously a lot of other things would tie into it but because I've gone to therapy for years but I've never sat down with someone and been like here's the deal I have a bad relationship with food and I need you to help me get through this shit because I'm not able to do it on my own Mm. Uh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because and there are therapists that are out there that will work with you specifically for um, food and your relationship with food. So Mm -hmm. um, a great resource would be Psychology Today. You can go Uh and literally filter through therapists that takes your insurance and then what you want them to um, help you with, like what areas. Another one would be BetterHelp and that's Cash Pay. Mm -hmm. Um, I can send you a discount code for it too. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so those would be two really great options. So if you're looking for that, uh-huh. really great place to start because yeah. a lot of um, a lot of these problems. What I first came up um, when you mentioned everything that's gone on happen when there's these massive transformations or massive events in our life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of death, a lot of um, you know, in your early twenties when you move out, um, yeah. just a lot of shift and change yeah. all at once, like. When there's a lot of uncertainty, so like quarantine 15, like there's so much uncertainty, people had to grasp on to food, you know? Yeah. Um. So it's, you're not alone. Like that's so normal for people to go through that and experience that. So yeah. And you're, it's crazy because like I'm laughing because you're so aware of the problem, which is usually <laughs> half of the battle. Um, and yep. then taking that next step, like once you get going and you have the tools in place, um, yeah. and I can recommend some other books and workbooks too down the line, but once you get going, like you're just going to have this great, like from here on out, it'll, it'll be like smooth sailing. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it's so funny because so many things that you've mentioned already, I can relate to where I've gone vegan before. I've done keto. I've done paleo. One time I went on a one week juice slash raw food detox i started with four days of raw food which like was like non-cooked vegetables uh no warm food i was literally making room temperature soups by blending vegetables into like a paste and consuming them and then the last three days i did a juice cleanse I didn't even make it through the juice cleanse because on day four of the raw food, I had like a psychotic break where like my friend invited me to go see a movie and I went because I was like, I need a distraction. But then they were eating popcorn that I couldn't have and I was 
pissed. Like, I was about to burn that fucking building down. Like, and then I was, like, tripping balls. I went home and was like, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I'm going insane. And so I've done all these millions of stupid things. Nothing's ever worked. And it's like, it's crazy to me because I feel like, you know, as human beings, we're so wired for the quick fix. Everybody wants this quick fix and we do the stupid crash diets we do the i've never done the lemonade cayenne thing but you know it's just like my boyfriend and i were watching a movie on or a show on netflix recently and one of the women characters ended up having to be rushed to the er because something was wrong with her stomach and come to find out she'd been swallowing cotton balls and my boyfriend could not believe this was a thing and i'm like yes especially women like the 80s they used to soak cotton balls in water swallow them down their throats so that their stomachs would be so filled that they wouldn't have the ability to be hungry because they were so full of cotton this was a thing and i'm just saying like how in the world do we as human beings existing on planet earth get to places where we're swallowing cotton balls like how Allie? like what is this is this is this really a psychological thing is 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 this a psychological issue? Because I think we think a lot about food being a physical thing. We have food addiction or, you know, we can't stop eating or we're lazy and we just binge eat lays on the couch watching. Like, there's so many things we think about relationships with food. But, like, is it really less physical and more mental? Because that's what I'm starting to think these days. Oh, I think it's more mental than anything. And it's never the food. It's it's literally always your relationship to the food mm-hmm. and, and what it has done for you in the past. So if like chips are like your go-to when you're like feeling like, oh, like I just had this hard day or like I'm feeling like angry or whatever, like chips are a great one because it's crunchy and helps you get out that anger of just like, oh, like this this day at work was so hard and like so-and-so is pissing me off whatever and just like you can crunch on the chips and like not think about the thing that's pissing you Mm -hmm. off but like just like enjoy the salty and the crunchy Mm -hmm. and every and it's like it's a form of meditation you're yeah I always compare it to like um downshifting your car if you're driving a stick like you can't go from like I don't drive sticks, so if this comparison's wrong, forgive me. (laughs) But, like, you can't go from, like, first gear to, like, sixth gear. Like, you got to, like, go work your way up to it, you know? So it's, like, you can't just, like, go from zero to 100. You got to, like, ease your way back down. And it's another example would be, like, when people get off work, they crack open a beer to, like, "Ah, I'm, like, off for the day. This is, like, how I'm going to relax and unwind. And it's, like, oh, that's, like, a coping mechanism, like, you don't have to reach for the beer. Like, you could go for an afternoon walk or, like, you could do a meditation or, like, you could do a workout. Like, there's so many other ways to get to mm-hmm. this relaxed state that you want to get to. You're just choosing the beer to help you get there versus another um, avenue. So why are we so inclined to pick unhealthy coping mechanisms? Like, why aren't I dying to do that six-mile run on the beach? Like, why isn't that my high? (laughs) Like, how? But then I also feel like there are people who are, like, the over-exercisers, the people that exercise so much to the point that it's unhealthy, you know? And so it's just, like, how do you find this, like, equal medium where – 
I, I guess part one is that like you have to be like conscious of it for the for the first part. So like when you get home from work or when you had that bad day, realizing in the moment of like, okay, I want to grab that beer or I want to grab that ice cream carton right now or I want to go, you know, jam out four hours on the elliptical, even though I might drop dead, you know, by hour two. And then, like, consciously realize it and then say, okay, wait, no, peel it back a little bit. What am I going to do instead? And then I think, like, willpower is another element. Is like, do we not have it or do we have to figure out how to be strong enough to attain it? Mm, Yeah, you bring up some really great points. So totally, there are definitely both ends of the spectrum of like not working out enough that's like not healthy for your body. Like you got to do a little something, you know, just get the blood flowing. Um, And then overworking out with which is called orthorexia. So it's like this obsession with working out like you feel like you have to work out to earn your food and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there you got to find a happy balance like you don't have to work out every single day but like move your body a little bit like even if that means going for a walk for 20 minutes um for like you know three four times a day what or three four times a day oh my god (laughs) three four times a a week yeah um we'll make that a week per week um but yeah I think there can be extremes on both ends like you said being becoming aware of what you're doing and with my clients I actually love to have them just like write out their day what do you do from the time that you wake up from the time that you go to bed like all the little things everything you're snacking on like what you do you know just to like bring build that awareness up um and I don't actually ask anyone to change any of their habits for like the first few weeks that we do anything and then once we look at it and it's like oh like that's interesting that every day after work I grab a beer to like chill out Mm -hmm. maybe that's where we start of like okay instead of doing this like let's swap that for um you get off work and then you change into your running shoes and you just go walk Um, You don't have to, and it doesn't have to be big. I think everyone makes these things, these goals and fitness things out to be massive. Like instead of thinking you have to go for four hours on the elliptical, like go for a 10 minute walk and just see how you feel. Mm. I love to like set the bar so fucking low that like you just do it. And maybe it's not even 10 minutes. Maybe it's just like five minutes or like maybe it's just you put your shoes on, you walk around the house like whatever you know whatever gets you to take a step in the right direction um is what we want you to go for um because I think you know people kind of set themselves up for failure when they you're you know make these massive goals of like go from not working out not doing anything and then they're like I'm going to transform my life on Monday morning and like Mm -hmm. be this fitness person and eat all the healthy meals and it's like it's not sustainable you're gonna fail like it's you, a lot of pressure too. Yeah, you just and then so you start pressure. to worry about letting yourself down, and mm. then you just are like, "Let's get the letting down over quick." By day two, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yes, yes. So instead of like this high, you know, starting point, I love to like start low, like start super low, and then like raise the bar on like almost like a compound effect with money. Like we'll raise the bar as you as you grow and like step into this person, but like you don't wake up and become this person overnight it's like you slowly start to transform into them with time and like Mm -hmm. more time than you would expect because 
um, like let's take a look at yourself in your first podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Are you the same host that you were with episode number one that you are right now? No, no. And even the production quality, like so many things. Yeah, it took practice. It took practice. You had to get those reps in. I look at everything in reps of like each meal for me is like a rep to like make a choice to eat um, towards my next fitness goal, which is like training for triathlons right now. So it's like, I know I have to like eat pretty healthy, but I don't have to be perfect. Like we're striving for progress, not perfection. So if you slip Mm -hmm. up here and there, it's like, cool, whatever it happens, you're human, Mm -hmm. not a fucking robot. I think we forget that a lot of like, we can't be perfect. And then you're going for a majority of the wins. So you it's kind of like voting like you don't have to get a hundred percent of the votes to win like you just got to catch a majority and you'll start to see um you know results sooner than you think like I think people think results are so far out there that like and people set results weight goals based on like weight loss or things like that it's like I love to switch it Mm -hmm. and let's do let's do non-scale victories so maybe you shoot for doing five push-ups and that could be from your knees and it's like once you get those five consistent push-ups in a row like that's better than you on day one when you maybe could have done one or two Mm -hmm. so I think building from there and you know focusing on everything but the scale yeah. can help you start to shift and build that momentum within yourself so that mm-hmm. you're not you're no longer letting yourself down when you know you might have done that before but now it's like no we like are cultivating that confidence from within and then once you get going and you see results it's almost like you start to do it on your own you yeah, don't have to totally. have this huge like drive behind you to like get going it's just like you're, you you want to get better and and um just like from within the motivation is no longer external yeah I really like that idea of like not using the scale to determine your success using like actual physical proof like whether it's like you know last week I could do 10 push-ups this week I did 20 like finding other ways to show yourself that you are improving that you are growing that you are in the right direction because you can step on that scale and it if it's not what you thought it was, it's such a disappointment. It's such a letdown. It's such a slap across the face that it could be the one thing that just makes you decide today, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. This this scale just proved that to me today. Why would I even try tomorrow? Mm, yes, exactly. And like in non-scale victories could be like, oh, like my shirt fits looser than mm-hmm. it did like the other week. Like, yeah, huge win. And you didn't have to step on the scale to like see that. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you start incorporating in fitness to your routine, like your weight is actually going to go up because mm-hmm. muscle is heavier than fat. We're just going to put it out there. And I also want to say weight is only one single data point in your health like the health is this huge all-encompassing like so many things to it you can't just pick one data point and be like this is the one that we're getting fixed Mm -hmm. fixated on like it doesn't work like that there's so many Mm -hmm. other things like if we're getting honest like okay you need to go to a physical with your uh, primary care doctor like labs blood tests like all these things like Mm -hmm need to be evaluated versus just your weight. Yeah. Your weight is just 
like where you're at and honestly I threw my scale out because it was so unhealthy for me to like deal with it and just have it around because it was it was more temptation of like let me just see what I'm gonna be in the morning but then your morning weight is so different from the evening and also like newsflash it's normal to fluctuate 10 to 15 pounds throughout the day just being a woman like it's how our body is and just that means you're eating food that means you're drinking water like you are a normal living human being yeah so there's this other thing I wanted to ask you about because I feel like I keep hearing this all the time it's something I've been trying to do but I am not successful with it and I just need to know like is the hype real and if it is help help explain it to me and what I'm talking about is intuitive eating Mm. I feel like it's almost becoming the next keto the next paleo the next vegan it's just well just intuitively eat we're intuitively eating and i i get that like that makes sense eat eat when it when you're hungry or don't eat if you're not hungry like listen to your body take cues from the way you're feeling today your emotions your sleep are you craving food as you eat take a bite think about it do you want the next bite like is intuitive eating a thing or have we just become so distant from just regular eating of food that intuitive eating is just that it's it's what the cavemen did when they woke up every morning like we've we've created this bucket called intuitive eating but like is it a thing or is that just eating like, mm. like i just don't know totally no i think what you bring up is a really great point so intuitive eating is getting back to our original like homeostasis like what like like what you said with like caveman times of just primal living we listened to our body, we ate when we were hungry, we didn't eat when we weren't hungry, all these things. And so when you actually go on diets, you mess up not only your hunger cues, but what your your brain chemistry and your mind-body um, connection. So, you know, let's go with um, fasting. So fasting, a lot of people would only eat from the hours between 12 and like 6 p.m. And then the rest of the time they're fasting. Well, what happens when you're starving at 8 or 9 a.m.? You have to stick to the fasting rules, discard your body's natural hunger cues of like it's screaming at you saying, I need food, I need all these things, like feed me, feed me. And we're like, "Mm, I got to push off four more hours until the clock ding hits 12. Now we may eat. And then so by that time, you're ravenous. You're just like stuffing your face with food because like it's a first chance that you can get to eat. And then more often than not, we overeat because we're not listening to our body once again. And so now we're stuffed. We're tired. It feels like Thanksgiving. You just want to go to lay down and take a nap. And and then at 6 p.m. we're cut off. So now it's like, and for me at least, when you tell me that I can no longer have food, like, what the fuck am I thinking about? <laughs> Right. Food. You're like, you're like giving side eye to the kitchen as you walk by, like, fuck you, kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And like, it's like when you tell some, like a toddler, like, 
things are off limits, like they go and run to the thing that's off limits. Like they just have to have it. Um, and so it just creates all these boundaries and these restrict restrictions with food. And like, I mean, all these other diets look the same, right? Like plant-based, like, okay, the restriction around meat and X, Y, and Z. Like you could go down the list and we could point them out. But intuitive eating is really removing all these labels around diets um, and finding what your body feels good with. So if that's eating protein, animal protein, great, then eat the animal protein. Like we don't have to eat plant-based because like society is telling us to eat plant-based. Like if you feel better when you eat plants and um, plant protein, great, then do that. But like listen to your body and sometimes it takes us time to get back to that normal state Mm -hmm. um and then and and learn relearn I should say our body's natural hunger cues because for so long we've just been neglecting them that we can't we don't know what's good what's bad what should I listen to how do I feel before I eat how do I feel after I eat like we have to treat ourselves like toddlers to like relearn just how to eat normal again because we've like fucked ourselves up so much it's nuts. Like, I just can't believe it. And I feel like I just don't understand how this happened. It's like, again, going back to the hunter and gatherer days when we literally had to eat to survive. And now we live in a world where there's more food that we're almost killing each other by over, not killing each other, killing ourselves by over consuming. And it's just like, how in the hell did this happen? Like, I just don't understand how something that is a natural requirement to stay alive has gone through such a twist and turn that it's completely attacked our mental psychological state tricked us into using it in unhealthy coping ways and now we're it's like an entire industry was built around solving the problem in which many of the potential solves aren't even solving shit they're making matters worse by teaching us even worse coping mechanisms and it's just like why can't we just eat food like normal again I, yeah, well, because in the diet industry wouldn't exist, that creates billions, like it's nuts. So yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a journey back to ourself, because I feel like we kind of lose ourselves in society and everything that they um, sell to us, and we fall mm-hmm. victim to it because they offer quick results, you know, this plan, it'll get you there, these awesome abs, like you'll feel amazing, blah, 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 but... Once you go off that diet, like, the weight comes back, you feel just as bad, if not worse, and a lot of times people gain more weight back than they originally started at because they're just off the off the rocker because they can finally enjoy food that they couldn't on the diet. So mm-hmm, it's just, like, right? it, it creates this, like, ebb and flow and this binging and purging, and it's just, like, it's just exhausting. So we just have to literally go back to the basics. We're mm-hmm. not dieting. We're not limiting ourselves we aren't restricting one thing over the next and we're just slowing down yeah listening to our bodies and just eating yeah simply and and it (laughs) yes exactly and it takes a lot to get there because a lot of us have created such huge restrictions around food like for example I had this weird tie with like 
avocados. I wouldn't eat them because they're fat and I thought they would make me fat. So I just, I swore off avocados. So I had to reintroduce avocados and guacamole like slowly into my life. Like sometimes I'd make this bomb ass guac and I'd look at it and I'm like, "Mm, no. And I'd throw it away because yeah, I know. Cause I just had this weird relationship. I was like, I know it's good for me, but I'm just not that there yet. Yeah. But now I'm just like shoveling avocado left and right in my throat. And so it's just like, it's fun to see the growth happen because it can totally happen. Um, it just takes time to like find peace with food. Or another example would be carbs. Like how many of us like, no, I'll get the In-N-Out burger like protein style. Oh, like lettuce. Yeah. Bruh, fuck that. Get your bun. <laughs> like come on. Like we don't have to be scared of carbs. You know, it's energy. Our body does need energy to exist and thrive and function and think and do all the things. Oh my God. You know, there are things that I do, habits that I have that I'm fully aware of and conscious of, and I can't stop doing them. Like for me, I cannot throw away food if there's leftovers for the life of me. That's a big one. Like it, it like I will get offended. Like I have had to set a rule in my house. If, if you have leftover food, it does not go down the trash can or down the drain. Putting it in a Tupperware, I'll eat it for lunch tomorrow. Like I won't allow food to go to waste. And I don't know where that comes from because I never was without food growing up. Like, we didn't have a food shortage in my house. So I don't have, like, a strange tie of, like, growing up and, like, not having enough food. So now I'm, like, making sure that we don't get rid of food. There was more than enough food. But yet, over the years, I've developed this obsession of where I can't throw out leftover food. Mm. And I don't know why. And it will drive me freaking crazy. Mm. (laughs) and I'm just like where does that even come from yeah yeah it's and sometimes we don't know um I would invite you to journal about it it sounds a little silly but like just free write um and just try and remember back to the first time that that started and see where it takes you see where your mind goes and it might not come up the first time you do this but like do it a few times when you have a moment and just see what happens from it And you would be really surprised if, like, once we take time to slow down, think about it, and just kind of get in our own clear space, something might come up and you're like, oh, like, at that moment, that's when I kind of, like, started doing that thing. And, like, Mm -hmm. and now look at where I'm at. And and then you can do, like, little things, like, start to practice throwing out some food. You know, just – it doesn't have to be big, but, like, it can just be small. Um, Or, like, get some yogurt that's expired and you're like, I'm just going to throw it out. Like, yeah. you know, like, just start small. It doesn't have to be this massive shift. Like, like anything, like, start so small that you don't even realize that you're doing it. And then you just have to build the confidence in yourself and, like, and rewire your brain of, like, yeah. oh, it's okay to throw out food, you know, and leftovers. Like, we don't have to consume all of them. I was really similar about clearing my plate. Uh-huh. Because I used to think I had to clear my plate all the time, even when we went out to restaurants and all the things. Um, and now I, I leave, I purposely leave a little bit of food of everything mm-hmm. that I'm eating because I'm just like, I know that I don't have to finish this. Mm-hmm. If I'm super hungry, yeah, sure, I'll finish it. But a lot of times, like, the portions are massive. Like, I don't have to finish it. So, yeah. so I don't. And that's kind of just, like, my little check-in. But, yeah, I try journaling. It's just nuts to me that, like, we do live in a world now where we have to journal why I can't throw out food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 
like, it's just crazy to me, but it's a real thing. And I'm all about the therapy. I'm all about the journaling. Like I journal every morning when I Mm. wake up and I'm huge. I'm super big into it, but I'm definitely fully aware that this is an area in my life that needs more further attention, Um, which is, of course, why you're here, because I Mm. knew that you have such experience with it and could provide so much insight and perspective um, just about, you know, what, why and how this happened and how we can work towards resolving our our relationships with food. Um, But I also wanted to ask you a little bit more about Life Simplified. So I know you have these awesome yoga mats that you've developed and are available for sale. And I just tell us all about Life Simplified and also your podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for asking. Um, So Life Simplified is my health and wellness brand. Um... So under it, I have a few pillars. I have my individual coaching. I have I sell yoga mats um, that are luxury premium yoga mats at affordable prices. And then I have the Master It podcast. So um, the yoga mats started um, after I was first introduced to yoga in 2016. And it has been a transformative piece to my story in terms of having this form of movement meditation to really observe all of my thoughts and just kind of have so much fizzle up from my early 20s of like why am I doing the things that I'm doing and like how can I start to create change like so much processing and growth happened on that mat not just physically with the postures but internally and it was just a way for me to escape and figure out everything that was swirling on swirling and going on in my brain um so I fell in love with yoga then and then as I'm going to these classes I just realized how much of a barrier to entry just getting to yoga class was so like classes Mm -hmm. could be anywhere from 19 to 25 to 30 dollars like I've paid so much fucking money for yoga like it makes me want to throw up um and then so that's just getting to class to, yeah to get to class you gotta take a mat as well and yeah. so a lot of mats um range from a lot of good mats I should say yeah. it range from 80 to 180 dollars it's that's a little insane a little nuts right like so I did not know they go up to 180 dollars oh yes like it's 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 just disgusting and now that I'm on the other end of it I see right through this shit uh-huh. because it's all just markup like it's all yeah. this brand and it's all just their markup um so I was like I see that this just eliminates a lot of people from getting into the studio and experiencing this massive transformation and just this beautiful experience that you can have on the mat and whatever that might look like for you mm-hmm. so I was like I gotta create um I got to create something to like help people get there that's an affordable option. So it's kind of been my quarantine project um, and I created Life Simplified Yoga Mats so they're comparable to these big brand names um, which I'm really proud of Um, but they're offered for under 50 bucks so really affordable. They will last you years and years and uh, I'm just I'm so proud of them. Because I want everyone to experience yoga and have the best experience possible. So you're not Mm -hmm. like slipping and sliding around and just Mm -hmm. like worried about your mat versus like worried about 
focusing on class and what you're doing there and, and dropping into the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been a really fun project and introducing more people to yoga who wouldn't necessarily do it otherwise just because a mat could be so expensive. So those can be found on lifesimplified.shop. Um, and I can plug all my handles at the end as well, but yeah, I'm really proud of that. Um, the master it podcast is a health and wellness podcast that is just honest and real conversations. We just like this, we talk about real shit in real life. Um, and it's about how to show up as the best version of yourself, not striving for perfection, but progress. So Mm -hmm. some days are going to look better than others, but if you keep showing up and giving your best effort, like you will start to see change and transformation and show up as a person that you want to be consistently. Mm -hmm. Cause for my early twenties, I was just all over the place and I, and this is the thing that I wish I had. So it's fun fun to create it, fun to just chat with amazing people. We talk about literally everything under the sun, body image. We've had physical therapists on there, yoga teachers, Pilates teachers. We just, anything under that umbrella, we're talking about it. It gets real, it gets honest. And so I hope people learn from that and just Mm -hmm. enjoy the conversation. And honestly, I hope they feel less alone when they listen. Totally. Yeah. You know, I always think about that all the time. It's just like today, There are so many resources for people. They have access to so much great content. And that's what I love so much about podcasts, whether it's mine or yours, is that real people with real experience and real stories can just speak to their life and their experiences and their challenges and their growth opportunities and their development. And somebody on the other end could be getting the information they need to heal. And it's just so powerful. And I am so excited about it. And I just am also mildly jealous that I didn't have that growing up. But yeah, it's just, I really hope that anybody listening to this podcast right now, if you do feel like the content that we're talking about resonates with you, absolutely check out Allie's podcast, master it. There's so much great info there, content there, resources there to help guide you through the challenging life that we all live because life is hard. Mm. (laughs) And like, I feel like it just keeps getting harder and harder as the years go on. Yeah, Like, it's just complicated, you know? Yeah, it's hard. And then you have social media in like intertwined with it. Mm -hmm. And people are only posting their highlight reels. And it's like, yeah, bruh, that's not real life. Like, real life is connecting with people having genuine conversations. And Mm. like, going through that struggle but then also knowing you're resilient enough to come out on the other side and stronger because of it so yeah yes I agree I think having these these platforms have been amazing and I I genuinely know that we are helping transform people so totally well what advice would you have for your childhood self like if you could go back in time and look at Allie at like 16 years old Mm. like right when she you know was probably getting into that bad healthy mindset and like it was starting to just get worse and heavier and you're about to go off to college in a couple years like what would you tell that young Allie today based off of the things you've learned about yourself and life and yeah what would you say Mm, this is such a good question a lot that comes up of like 
you don't have to be in control of everything and learning how to release that grip on control would be huge um, because I think that shifted around in a bunch of different aspects of my life. Um, So learning how to just like go with the flow and not Mm -hmm. being getting stuck in these grooves and these ridges for so long um, would be huge for my 16-year-old self. So I'd probably say that. Yeah. And then what... Because I personally believe that life is always, we're always evolving in life, you know? Like, we might be, we might have accomplished major challenges, but that doesn't mean that there aren't more right around the corner. Mm. (laughs) So, for you personally, like, what other dreams or goals are you still working towards within your own self and your own personal development? Mm, This is such a good one. Um, So, for my health and wellness brand continuing to build that out and continuously growing that um I'm learning that business can be fluid and grow and evolve and shift and change um as the time comes and goes and as I grow like what I offer now probably won't be the same as five years from now or even Mm -hmm. three three years three months from now like I'm currently in my yoga teacher training so eventually I want to offer virtual yoga classes and things like that and so Mm. like my business will continue to involve evolve and grow um so I think it'll be fun to just see and watch that unfold as Mm. I continue to grow um Personally, I'm training for a triathlon right now, so that's coming up in May, so I'm really excited about that, and I just continue to push my, um, like, physical limits, Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, the distances continue to get longer um, and things like that. Um, In my personal life, I think just continuing to manage my mental health on a daily basis, Um, I mean, a good thing my counselor just like canceled me she's like we don't have anything to talk about anymore like you're canceled (laughs) so I think that's a good sign of my growth right um but being able to just like cope and self-soothe on my own versus like having to take everything to someone else has been huge I mean I will probably need therapy in the future Mm -hmm. so it's not totally done with and for life it's just like this season of my life Mm -hmm. um I don't really need it um But, I mean, I'm always continuing to grow, like, podcasts, books. I love books, so send me all your recommendations. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, like, continuously to evolve, but at a um, good pace. I always love to go all in. I think we can realize that from my personal relationship with food of, like, Mm -hmm. these extremes. I always love to just, like, do everything, like, balls to the wall, just, like, jump into the deep end. And it's, like... Life is, like, pretty long. Like, you can just do, like, one thing at a time versus, like, Mm -hmm. trying to start a podcast and do the triathlon and do the yoga Mm -hmm. and And it's, like, breathe, woman. Just, like, do one thing at a time. And it's, like, I currently say to myself, um, jack of all trades, master of none. And it's, like, maybe you could be a master of something if you just – put the time and energy and effort into one thing versus like trying to do all the things in like it's kind of like in business you go instead of going um a mile wide and an inch deep go a mile deep and an inch wide mm-hmm. um so I think I'm trying to grow and step into that version of myself versus trying to do all the things and wear all these hats yeah um and really just kind of refine who I am because I think I've built 
a good base, but like I'm 25. Like I feel like I'm just catching my stride right now. Like by the time I'm 30, like I hear about your 30s and like I hear it's wonderful and a whole different time. But like now I'm just going to enjoy practicing and just practicing what I'm already doing so that I can continuously getting better. So and up leveling. So yeah, Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Cool. I love it. Um, I'm 31, by the way. How is it? Tell me. Me and my boyfriend were just cracking jokes literally last night about how we're so old and decrepit. Because, like, I threw out my back doing nothing. Like, he threw out his neck, like, drying his hair out of the shower. Like, we're just, like, we're crumbling. And I think that's just what happens. Like, I don't understand why, because I feel like 30 is not even old. But your body really just just can't handle it as much we sleep like we're dead like we need more sleep than the average bear like him and I could log in at 12 hours a night easy (laughs) it's like we're constantly we're just like old and just need so much like recovery every day we need a recovery from the day And you're probably thinking back to your 20s when you used to hit the clubs like four nights a week. And I'm just like, yes, the fuck did I do that? I don't if I have a hangover, I'm out for the entire day. (laughs) There is no wake up and just like, you know, hit the beer and keep it rolling. It's no, I'm like like shriveled up crying like horizontal until 6 p.m. Like it's out. So yeah, just at least you're preparing yourself. You're getting you're healthy. You're doing your tryout, so you're good. I I'm trying to start that now at 31. So it's a little a little harder. Um, yeah. But that's actually great because my next question was just, was gonna say what advice do you have for the person like myself who is aware or even not aware that they have an unhealthy relationship with food and they just they're ready to take that step like what is that next step and I know that you've already told us like just take it small baby steps don't rush but like anything else that you would add to that to be like a good first batch of advice when they take this next you know step in the next direction yeah totally um I wish I would have asked for help way sooner Mm -hmm. Um, I was dragging my feet about it. I knew long before I ever needed help. I just, I was scared to ask for help. It was definitely like a shot to the ego, but asking for help will get you to where you want to be quicker and faster. Once again, these like instant gratification moments that we want sooner than you trying to figure it out on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like having a mentor for, you know, work where they can, tell you and show you how to make these next steps for you know getting a raise at your job or like taking on this project and doing it well it's like we can do the same thing for our personal life so it's like Mm -hmm. if that's with food if that's with relationships if that's with family like there are people to help you out for every aspect of your life like Sometimes it just takes a quick Google. Sometimes it takes like asking a friend of like, hey, do you know anyone that might be able to help me with X, you know? Um, And so asking for help can just be the hardest part. But then once you do that, like someone will be there to like guide you along and just make it so simple for you. So you Mm -hmm. can like streamline this process and you don't have to take so much energy just to figure the thing out before you Mm -hmm. can do the thing like someone can be like oh yeah you should like try try this exercise to like Mm -hmm. heal your relationship with food or like try this thing or you know it you can make it really simple 
And health and wellness should be simple. So I would say just start asking for help sooner. And yeah. if you don't know anyone, ask me and I could probably find you a recommendation recommendation somewhere. Cool. Well, we're down to my last question of the evening, which is the most important one to me, which is what does sisterhood mean to you? Mm, sisterhood means to me community over collaboration and just having this group of women around you who will lift you up, support you, and who will also lay down thick when you need to hear it. Right. Because, like, all for the hype woman in my mm-hmm. life, but I can't just have that. Like, I need to hear, like, the not-so-good stuff because I think in that moment, like, the constructive criticism is where we grow. Like, I can't just be, like, shouting from the rooftops, like, hey, I'm doing this great thing. I have this awesome business idea, X, Y, Z. And if no one's telling me, like, hey, like, you might want to tweak a few things here and there yeah. to do it better, like, like – I need that in my life to grow. So mm-hmm. I think sisterhood is having this people who are will support you in the good stuff. And then also like gently, very gently for me because I'm <laughs> hella sensey. <laughs> but like give me also like the constructive criticism so that I continue to grow and don't just like look like a fool yeah. doing my thing. Because like I'll go do the thing. But if no one's like telling me, hey, course correct. You got to start right. doing something else. Like. What even is that? So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Well, Mm. tell everybody how we can find you. Stay in touch. If we want to check you out on social or your website or your yoga mats or your podcast, plug all the ish. Mm, Love it. Okay, so we can connect on social. My personal handle is at A-L-I-M-C-G underscore. That's Allie McG underscore. My brand um, page is at underscore life simplified my website is com, and then life simplified.shop to get all your merch and i think that's all the handles master podcast you can hear that on apple podcasts and spotify so lots of places to find me always a good time love to chat so slide slide in my dms <laughs> and are you taking clients right now if anybody was interested in chatting with you or doing yes. any kind of like consulting call anything like that yes yeah, so um i'm definitely accepting clients right now and you can book a comp- complimentary food freedom clarity call so you can see if we're a good fit and then if you feel right i can share more about the program so yeah would love that Cool. Thanks, Allie. I'm so happy that you were here and we got to do this. I am so appreciative of you sharing your story and just lend a helping hand as we all just figure this shit out together. It's freaking hard. Mm, It is hard, (laughs) but together we can make it happen. Oh my God. Allie McMotherfucking G is a motherfucking gem. Am I right, y'all? That was such a great episode. I truly love that conversation with Allie. Obviously, it resonated very deeply with me. And if it resonated with you or you feel like it's a message that one of your loved ones could benefit a lot from, please be sure to send it over to them via text, via email, on social media, and spread the Mimosa Sisterhood word because 
we have an awesome show with a lot of incredible guests telling their very open and honest stories about their lives and it could really benefit a lot of people out there in the world that currently don't know that we exist so as always share it with your friends your family your loved ones your social media followers and if you have not already swing by apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review and sign up for our monthly newsletter at mimosasisterhood.com and you will receive a super cute postcard sent direct to your front door. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode yet again. I cannot believe we just hit episode number 70. Like, what? That is so crazy. Thank you so much for being here, for reaching out, for showing your support, and for sticking along on this wild ride. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.